Happy Mother's Day. Welcome to Southview. What a wonderful day to join together to be able to worship our Lord and be able to say thank you and we love you to the ladies in our lives as well. Even amidst COVID-19, we're going to celebrate, right? Uh, The author Mitch Albom says that behind all your stories is always your mother's story because hers is where yours begins. As we honor and recognize all of our moms today, we know that there are many women here who may be hurting as well, and we've got to recognize that. Some of you may have children in heaven. Some of you are unable to be with your own children today, and maybe some of you are grieving the loss of your own mother in this past year. Know that we love you, and we're so glad that you joined us today. There are so many types of moms, those moms that are going to receive the necklace made from their children or the hand-done card uh, from their small children this year, but there's also moms that have miscarried or had an abortion or chose adoption. There are those that struggle with infertility, those who have a heaven-born child or those in a custody battle or even a stepmom, those missing a child or those with a wayward child. And so ladies, we honor you and we're thankful for you. Today, we want to consider the topic of recognizing virtuous women, recognizing virtuous women. That's on your sermon outline. Hopefully, you've got that either in the YouVersion app or from the email in which you can click that and download that. And our Bible passage today is Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. Now, it's a typical Mother's Day type text But hopefully, you will agree with me and the atypical view I'm going to take of it. Frankly, I pray a refreshing view. Because when you preach a text like this, and you preach on Mother's Day, and obviously, I'm not a mother, I'm not a woman, uh, you think, ooh, how can I do this and do it well? Well, hopefully, by the time we're done today, you'll agree with me that that's been accomplished as we honor God's Word by studying it and seeking to apply it to our life, whether we're a man or a woman. If you're uh, not there already, uh, would you turn with me to Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31, and we'll read the entire 22 verses, 22 couplets of Hebrew poetry. A wife of noble character who can find, she is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She sets up while it's still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes covering for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom 
and faithful instructions is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Let's pray together. God, our Father, as we open this passage of Scripture that is familiar to so many of us, we pray that you'd open our understanding. And we wouldn't check out because we think we know this or we've heard it before, but that we would seek by your Holy Spirit and through our study to discern new insights herein. So God, thank you so much for giving us the gift of your word and the gift of the Holy Spirit that we can study. We pray now that you help us as we seek to understand the character of a virtuous woman. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. So our problems with Proverbs 31 is because too often we focus on the woman's roles. We reduce womanhood to marriage and to motherhood and all these domestic duties, right? When really this passage is about character that transcends gender and transcends these circumstances. So on your outline today, you have at the beginning the wrong view of Proverbs 31. The wrong view of Proverbs 31 and it says believing and there's two wrong views. The first wrong view I'd submit to you is that it is written to women. Not that it wasn't written for women to read as well as men, but if we think that it is written as some special ode to ladies and all the things they must do, we're wrong. The second wrong view of Proverbs 31 is that it is a to-do list for women. It is a to-do list for women. Um, This is one that I may have even done. You know, you look at this, you read through here, and you think, oh, yeah, look at all the things or types of things this lady does. Obviously, not many of you are holding a distaff and a spindle and weaving clothes uh, in your home anymore. But it's this picture of the domestic duties of a woman of godly character. So when we look at these things, we have to go, hmm, these are the type of things that she does, and if we reduce it to that sort of list, that's when we're in trouble. What might not be quite so bad is where we see, okay, what is the character in this woman that motivates her to work and live in such a way? So we've got two questions about these errors to consider, two questions. And the first one is, how have I misunderstood Proverbs 31? Uh, Are you guilty of either of those like I think I am? And maybe it's because it's the way you were taught. Maybe it's the way you've read it in other books or thought about it yourself. Or as Americans, we're so used to having a to-do list. And, you know, sometimes even our Christianity, whether we realize it or not, gets reduced to uh, a checklist of things. And we become, whether we mean it or not, a little bit legalistic about what we do. So there's that question. The second question is, how have I misunderstood Proverbs 31? Or, excuse me, misused Proverbs 31 is your second question. Because it's one thing to misunderstand it, it's another thing to misuse it, to misapply it. So, if you have looked at it as a to-do list, um, I'd say you're wrong there. 
Keep in mind, we're going to look at the right view here in just a moment. I'll introduce that to you. But if you're looking for character, of course, that's not wrong. So as we transition from this wrong view to a correct view, I believe, I think we need to point out that our confusion with Proverbs 31 comes from three places. And those three places is generally where our confusion comes with most every Bible verse we misunderstand or misinterpret. The first is genre, not understanding the type of literature that we're reading and therefore applying some wrong ideas to our interpretation of it. So we'll deal with that in our first major point under the right view. The second one is audience, not being clear to understand who is the audience for a uh, individual scripture verse we're looking at, or in this case, a passage of scripture that we're looking at, can lead to some misinterpretation or confusion. And of course, then the third is language. I don't mean that it was written in Hebrew. Yes, it was originally written in Hebrew, but that we don't understand the type of language that was used and what it means for us today. And so each of those three major misunderstandings inform our three major points in your main part of our sermon today, and I'm moving to that right now on your outline, and that is the right view of Proverbs 31. The right view of Proverbs 31, and our first thing to understand there in the right view of Proverbs 31 is that it is a poem. It is a poem, and it's a poem about wisdom in action. Wisdom in action. Now, throughout the book of Proverbs, wisdom has been personified as a lady. Now, in this case, I don't believe this is wisdom personified as a lady. This is actually reporting uh, a, a woman that the author knows or the ideal woman or a woman of noble character as God had the author of Proverbs write this down for us so that we can see these are the type character qualities we should be looking for. And as I said earlier, this is actually 22 different couplets in Hebrew. And uniquely, it is a chiasmus. You can do your research on what that means. But there's this very intense structure of how it is built and then built back out. So what it tells us is that the author of this poem, whether that was Solomon or someone else that may have written this, had a very specific idea in mind that he wanted to capture, whereas other proverbs seem to be, you know, a proverb about this, a proverb about that, and you read through it and you don't see a lot of continuity from one chapter to the other. This is a passage or a portion where these 22 verses certainly are intended to go together in a very thought-out, systematic way. And this poem is packed with hyperbolic, even militaristic imagery. It's an acrostic as well. And each of the first letters of the um, first word in each of these couplets begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. 22 different letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Aleph, Beit, Gimel, Dalet, and on it goes. So that it would be easy for somebody who didn't have it written down like we do in a auditory society to be able to memorize this because, okay, what's the one that starts with A? What's the one that starts with B? What's the one that starts with C? It's not A, B, and C in Hebrew, but you know what I'm getting at, right? So it helped them memorize it. It communicates a sense of totality in the poem, that the author wanted it to be a package that people could easily understand and easily memorize. And matter of fact, Many Jewish people, Jewish men, even today memorize this entire passage of Scripture and sing it as a psalm of praise to the women in their life. We'll get to that in our next point. 
But what we see pictured here is a woman who keeps her household functioning day and night. She's buying, she's trading, she's investing, she's planning, she's sowing, she's spinning, she's managing her servants, she's extending charity, she's providing food for her family and preparing for each season. I mean, this is a hardworking lady, right? And like any good poem, the purpose is to draw attention to the often overlooked glory of the everyday. It looks into the life of a woman, a Hebrew woman, in a, based on the context and the things referenced here, a well-to-do Hebrew household, and explains that to her as an example, not so much for women, but as for men. We're going to get there in just a moment. So as a poem, Proverbs 31 should not be interpreted as a prescriptive job description for women. You must do boop, 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 boop. That's not it at all. It's a celebration of the wisdom of a godly woman in action. So it's not an instruction to women everywhere to get married, have children, and you know take up a loom and start spinning their own clothing, right? That's not it at all. We'll get there a little bit further in our next point, but we've got an application question here. And that question is, what can I apply to my life? Is you read through Proverbs 31 with me, and as you can certainly turn off the video right now or go back and read it later, you need to look at this and see, okay, here's what she's doing, but what's the character behind it? What is the wisdom in action? And How can I exercise more wisdom in action? Or where do I need to exercise more wisdom in action? And because I seek to be wise as opposed to foolish, because I seek to be righteous as opposed to sinful, because I seek to follow Jesus as opposed to Satan, how is it that that should be exemplified and lived out in my life? So don't fall into the doing trap that I must do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and I'm not worthy of praise if I don't do those things. Our third point's going to help us understand that. We need to keep in mind, however, that as Dallas Willard says, actions do not arise from nothing. Actions do not arise from nothing. What's he saying there? He says, everything we do comes from who we are. Willard goes on to say, they faithfully reveal what is in the heart, and we can know what is in the heart, that it is what is in the heart that they depend upon. Actions reveal our heart. I had a youth pastor years ago that said, when you squeeze a lemon, what comes out? Well, lemon juice. When you get squeezed, what comes out? That's what's in your heart. Character counts. And what is exemplified in this wife of noble character, this Proverbs 31 woman, is the character behind what she does. And who we are shows by what we do. Even as uh, in church and as parents, as teachers, as bosses, as leaders, and we seek to guide and shape the heart of children and those that follow us. So, character. The first point there. And rightly understanding, Proverbs 31 is uh, knowing the genre, that it is a poem, and it's about wisdom and action. Let's move on to our second point. Our second point is another letter P, and that is of praise. So it's a poem of praise, and it's instructions for men. This is the part that gets us, that Jewish men even today memorize it and sing this. The original audience of the entire book of Proverbs was young men. It wasn't that young women didn't count, but that 
God in his wisdom wrote the book of Proverbs so that it would be instructive to young men. Consider as you read through the entire book of Proverbs, and if you haven't done that before, do it. I mean, today is the 10th when you're watching this probably. Read Proverbs chapter 10 and read about what it says and apply that to your life. Tomorrow is the 11th. Read Proverbs chapter 11. It's a simple way to engage God's word and the wisdom of God's word that'll change you if you'll allow it to do it. But in any case, so often, Repeated in the book of Proverbs, you see specific instruction to young men. It contrasts to young men. Don't follow a prostitute, but seek after a woman of character. Don't follow folly, but seek after wisdom. In this instructive language here. Now here's the other unique thing about Proverbs chapter 31. Even though we may be tempted to look at it as a to-do list of all the things this wife of noble character has done, did you know there is only one instruction in Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31? Only one prescriptive, you must do this. So that's in verse 28. It says in verse 28, her children arise and call her blessed. Now that's a report. That's uh, a description of what is happening or has already happened. But then it says her husband also and he praises her. My NIV doesn't translate that quite right. It is actually a command in the Hebrew, the only command in the entire 22 verses here. And it says her husband must or should praise her. So that's why I say with confidence, as our second major point on our outline here in considering a proper understanding of Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31, is that it's instruction for men. That our job as men is to look at the character of women and to praise them for their character. Unfortunately, that's not so much what our women in our society today get praised for, right? So as we consider... Look back through here. It says, of her husband has full confidence in her. I'm in verse 11 and lacks nothing. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. And then it goes on and talks about uh, all the things that she does. She's like a merchant ship. She goes out while it's still dark. She buys a field. She sells it. She works vigorously. Her lamp doesn't go out. She's weaving clothes. Verse 20, she extends her arms to the poor. She's helping others. She has no fear for her household. In other words, she's made preparations for things to come. We know winter comes every year. She's made preparation for that. She's made enough for herself that she even has surplus to sell for others. And then it says in verse 23, her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Do you think that's because the other guys went, man, I don't know about you, you joker, but you're a good enough guy to marry that gal, and that gal is something else. I don't know about some of the rest of you guys that are listening to me today, but as we would say in the South, boy, you really married up, right? And I've always said to people, if you want to see a definition of God's grace, you look at who married me, right? Melanie is a definition of God's grace because she is such a hardworking, virtuous lady, and that comes from her character. Now, as we look in our passage of Scripture, you notice as you read down through the last three verses, where it says there, many women, in verse 29, do noble things, but you surpass them all. It's as if the writer is setting off, and even the way the NIV interprets it with the quotes there around verse 29, a summary statement. And where he says there in verse 30 that charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. That's about character, right? 
That's her motivation for doing what she does and how she does it. And then it says, give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Honor her because of her character and the way that's been exercised and the way she lives. Your application question to the second major point here asks, how should I recognize character? Well, what does character look like? Uh, Character is what you do, yes, but it's also how you do what you do. And what type of character would you prefer to be around? Well, there's basically good character and there's bad character and there's all kinds of middle ground, right? And what about you personally? What do you most often exhibit? Good character that's godly, bad character that is ungodly, righteousness or sinfulness, wisdom or foolishness? And then we'd have to ask, if we're considering our own character, how can I change my character? Well, friend, I'm here to tell you that on your own, changing your character, if you have a strong will, you can do that to a certain extent, but God's not designed you to do that on your own. God designed you to need his image within you, and his image within you is through Jesus Christ, and your personal relationship through Jesus Christ, that when you admit that you're a sinner, and you ask Jesus to save you from your sins, and you then are inhabited by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit from the inside out begins to change your character, and as your character changes, your actions change. And as your actions change, the way you perform those actions change because God's word becomes part of you as God's spirit is part of you and you become more like Jesus. So this is what happens when we think about character and how we recognize character in others and we recognize character in ourselves. So I said we had three points to understand Proverbs 31, 10 through 31 properly. And the first point was that it's a poem. It's wisdom in action. The second point was another P, that it's praise, instructions for men. And the third point is another P, is on performance. How you do life. How you do life. Now, doing life, um, that's a colloquial phrase for living life. How you do what you do, right? And performance uh, might not be the right word there, but you'll give me some grace, right? I wanted a third P. Uh, We used to tease about, you know, you have three points in a poem. You've got yourself a perfect sermon. I figure the sermon is about a poem, and I got three points here, so we're good, right? Okay, stop with that, Aaron. Get back to the sermon. Verse 10. Verse 10. In my NIV, it says, a wife of noble character who can find. She's worth far more than rubies. It's interesting that earlier in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is compared to the value of rubies. Apparently, rubies were more rare than diamonds in Israel, where the writer is talking about here. The most uh, sought-after gem there was was rubies. But it says, a wife of noble character who can find. A virtuous woman, another translation is, or another one, and probably the best understanding in Hebrew is a woman of valor who can find. Now, valor isn't so much about what you do, but how you do it. It's not a matter of your job. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you can be a stay-at-home mom of valor. 
If you're a nurse, be a nurse of valor. If you're a CEO or a teacher or a barista, if you're rich or poor, single or married, it doesn't matter. Do it all with valor. And that's what would make you a Proverbs 31 woman. Not creating a Pinterest board that makes other ladies jealous. Not doing all these things and checking them off your list of to-dos. But it's how you do what you do. Filled with the character of Christ that comes out through you. You think about what John the Baptist said in John 3.30 of Jesus. That he must increase and I must decrease. And you think about that as we're filled with the Spirit, we have the ability to have the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, come out through us. And love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, oh, I forgot goodness, and self-control. That all these things that are exhibits of who we are and flow out of us, so that even though your job may be this, you do it in that way. That leads to our final question on your outline. How do I do what I do? When we consider that this is how we do life on performance, we need to ask that question, how do I do what I do? And even though Proverbs 31 is written to men about the character of a godly woman, this applies to us equally as men and women as we seek to apply the scripture to our life. And that question then is, how do I do what I do? And you might say, well, Aaron, that depends on the day. Or that depends on the person. Or that depends on the situation. Or that depends on my mood. And I would say, sure, I'll give you that. You're human. But I have to ask, should it? Should your manner of doing what you do, should the valor with which you do things, the character with which you do things, the qualities of Christ or Satan that you exhibit depend on the person, day, situation, mood? Or should it be constant that you've been so filled with the Holy Spirit and you've learned to be like Jesus enough that his character comes out? We need to consider that, each and every one of us. So we have here a poem of praise on performance about character, about who we are in Christ and how we Exhibit that by what we do in caring for others. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your words in Proverbs 31. And even though this has been a different view for us, I pray that it has been an encouraging and instructive view. That just as it is not a to-do list for women, but a instruction for men about pursuing and seeking and praising godly character in women that we would follow along that each and every one of us no matter our gender would seek to have godly character that would seek to empty ourselves of self seek to be more like Jesus confessing humbly our sins and asking forgiveness repenting and turning from those sins so that we might be more like Jesus And we certainly pray, Father, for any today who may be listening, who have not trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, that they would do that even today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, 
Thank you so much for joining us today for online worship at Southview. We pray as each and every week that you have been encouraged and you're glad that you're joined us. Continue to share our worship services with others. It's great to hear these stories about how people all around Lincoln and all around the world are worshiping with us. So thank you for doing that. Keep doing that. The other thing I want to keep reminding you to do is if you have any need or if you know anyone that has any need to contact the church office 402 423 5062 during the work week. You can call or just email me directly anytime. Aaron at SouthviewBaptist.org. And it uh, seems like there's one more thing. Yes, next week. Next week, we begin uh, for the final time our Following Jesus sermon series. My last set of sermons from Following Jesus is we conclude our verse-by-verse look at following Jesus through the gospel. So I hope you'll be here with us next week as we do that. Go to Sunday School. You can find that at southviewbaptist.org, and we'd love to see you there. Thank you. God bless you.